Time now for the Off Day Podcast with Andy Hart and Chris Scheim on WEEI.com. Back for another action-packed, well, not so much action-packed edition <laughs> of the Off Day Podcast. We're focused on the Patriots offseason here, and that means me, Andy Hart, and Chris Scheim will be discussing some re-signings and not a whole heck of a lot as we are into the second week of free agency and the Patriots' biggest moves to date continue to be re-signings. We talked last week about Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater, and that James White is back in the fold. And now they bring back a big man who I think can have a big positive impact, Trent Brown, the right tackle, who knows, maybe left tackle. Two-year deal upwards or up to $22 million, only $4 million guaranteed. Um Actually, a better deal than I think you and I proposed, Chris. We were talking, I think, three years, $30 million type deal for him. So um, I'm going to assume, before we get into the negative Chris Shine tones, tones that uh, you like this re-signing. Yeah, I, I think this is good. Um, I think you're, I mean, at least your offensive line looks to be coming together a little bit, right? You got Andrews, they still believe in Isaiah Wynn or they're just going to play him because of the money. Uh, you now have Trent Brown and Michael Onwenu at one of your guards, and you just have to figure out the other guard. And I think they signed uh, like a, a Bills free agent or something like that. Uh, it was Ryan Grant, I think. His oh, name did was. they sign him? There were rumblings, but I don't think they Oh, I, th- I, I was I was under the impression that they, they signed him. But at the time, I, I thought it was just a rotation guy, like a n- nothing name. But I guess that might end up being your your second guard. Uh, and if that's the case, then like, okay, it's not a great offensive line, but it's, it's something like Trent Brown being back is good. I think that's a good thing. And it's a, you're right. It's on a much better contract that I, than I even thought it would have been. So, uh, that is the good news right now for the New England Patriots. Trent Brown is coming back. And I think it tells you, um, his career inconsistencies and injuries probably have limited his market. He visited Correct. Seattle. Uh, clearly they weren't offering all that much. And he has said he likes it in New England. It's worked better here than anywhere else. I know last year he did miss half the season with that calf injury. Um, So we'll see if he can stay healthy this year. But a two-year deal, to me, also says he could be in the mix at left tackle, either this year, next year, both, uh, depending on what happens with Isaiah Wynn. If he is back at right tackle, I will say if you slot in uh, him at right tackle, on Wenu at right guard, David Anders at center. At least you feel good about the right side of the line. You feel Maybe great, you be, and you're you know, going to run the football really well. Yep, and you're run the ball over there. That. And and so I think I think like you said, yeah, I think the key for Brown is to stay healthy and on the field. If he does that, all right, this is perfect. This is good, great signing. And if not, it's not going to cost you a ton of money, which is nope. always nice. Nope. So uh, yeah, I I don't think there's much downside okay. to that re-signing. Um, so looking at some of the other moves that have transpired over the last week, some of the comings and goings, um, we're talking about running the football, and there's two moves or non-moves related to that. First, we look at their fullback. Jakob Johnson joins Brandon Bolden and Josh McDaniels and all those coaches out with the Las Vegas Raiders, and on his way out the door, had an interesting comment to, a, I believe, a German uh, news agency talking about the fact that he was told the Patriots will not be having his position on the roster anymore. No more fullbacks in New England. Um, What was your reaction to seeing that? Uh, That's weird, because that means, that indicates to me a very big shift in offensive philosophy. Because I want to say the Patriots are top five, if not top five, definitely top seven or eight in the league in using a fullback on plays. 
um, over the last three or four years, uh, and I think San Francisco is number one in that category. Um, Use check. Yes, exactly. But uh, the Patriots were utilized a, a fullback a lot because that was just kind of the they wanted to run that power eye. The fullback runs through and just uh, for a long time with your guy Devlin, it was just he made Sony Michelle better because he's just like Belichick would be like, just follow Devlin. He'll he'll lead you to the glory land. And yep. Michelle was like, all right, I won't fumble the football and I will do well here. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so to me, this indicates a shift in philosophy, whether that means you're going to run more out of a single back or you're going to throw more, um, I, I, I'm unsure of. But if you're not going to be using a fullback on the roster, uh, that has to mean that there's a change in philosophy somewhere. Well, uh, there's a lot of uh, unknowns or variables here. And so first I'll say they've had, going back 20 years, they've had a variety of um, plans, I guess, at the fullback position. And sometimes it's been a true fullback. Sometimes it's been a pass-catching fullback. The Mark Edwards, Larry Centers type players. Um, then there's been years where they didn't really have a fullback, but they used a heavy dose of Daniel Graham or one of these tight yeah. ends in that role when they wanted to have a lead block or a wham block or iso block or whatever uh, on the field. So I think that's certainly a possibility. I know Christian Fourier, speaking with him yesterday on Merloni and Fourier, was talking about well, guess what? When Daniel Graham, they realized he wasn't that good catching the football, they made him a blocker. Uh, John U. Smith, maybe they've realized he's not that good catching the football. Maybe they're going to make him a blocker. Certainly would present some some matchup issues coming out of the backfield, far more dangerous uh, playmaker than Jakob Johnson or James Devlin or any of those types. Um, maybe he gets into a use check role where you know he's he's a blocker. We're asking you to bang heads, but... You're also going to get fed the football once or twice a game, and it could be a valuable matchup that leads to production. So I, I think that's all possible. For sure. We also know there's been times over the years when they didn't have a fullback, and then in short-yarded situations, that was a extra tight end on the field or a defensive lineman even they would use at fullback in Richard Seymour and Dan Klecko and some of those guys. So I think there's a possibility of that. I also think some of it is, in, in my opinion, I didn't think Jakob Johnson was – could hold James Devlin's jock. He was a nice story as the, you know, didn't count on the roster German guy and developed and played more. Um, but he wasn't by any means a Pro Bowl blocker, a Pro Bowl no. fullback type. Um, so I think some of this might have just been sort of them telling him, yeah, yeah, we're going in a different direction. Um, and if that direction finds a fullback, like I wouldn't rule out some guy they have on the roster, 88 on the roster, 89 on the roster in, in the summer, who's the Devlin Jakob Johnson 2.0. They're like, oh, huh. Maybe he's a defensive lineman. I don't know. Maybe he's a, you know, Dalton Keene tight. Any of these guys. And then they start to develop him. And maybe you piece it together this year, but maybe the fullback returns in the future. Because uh, I will say they've been far more successful with a fullback on the field in the last five or six years Agreed. than without it. Um, I even looked at the numbers from last year. I believe it was 9-3 and three when Jakob Johnson was on the field at least like 24% of the time, 25% of the time, and one in four in the games that he was not. And I know some of that's circumstantial. Oh, you're running out a lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so but you like have at the Jakob. same time, the Patriots want to run the football, right? So right. like up to this point, that that's always been the indication we've received is it's like we're just going to run the football. We're going to do what we do. We're going to line up. We're going to block. We're going to run the football. And in those scenarios, you want to have a fullback in. And Correct. so when play is going the Patriots' way, a fullback is on the field. So it, it seems a little odd that, or at least that 
Jakob Johnson would understand it that they are not going to have that position on the roster. Like I think I think you're probably onto something in that they may be converting one of the tight ends or or something along those lines because this team likes to run with a fullback. They want to run the football. Running a football running the football with a fullback is the best way to do that. Okay, so let's let's take it in another direction and I'm going to weave in another story of the last week or so. Leonard Fournette visited the Patriots uh, on a free agent visit, ended up re-signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sticking with Tom Brady, um, three years up to $24 million. Pretty, pretty healthy contract, actually. Yep, for sure. Um, certainly, I can't imagine anything the Patriots were going to even approach uh, this offseason, or, or probably any offseason, quite frankly. Um, any chance with that Fournette visit, because I'm going to assume that was a legitimate interest in Fournette, like, oh, this guy's still out there. If, you know, if the value's right, we could add him to a backfield that already includes Damian Harris and Mondre Stevenson. Any thought to the idea that maybe this uh, new evolution of the offense, which I think is interesting because I'm not sure who is um, who's Running doing that it, who's offense? planning it. Yeah, like, oh, Nick Cayley. He, well, he was the fullbacks coach, so Nick Cayley philosophically is opposed to fullbacks. That's interesting. That wouldn't make um, sense. Joe Judge is a special teamer. He doesn't want a special team slash fullback type guy like Jakob Johnson. That's interesting. Um, but Fournette, any chance we're going to see a boatload or significant in uptick in two back sets where it's Harris and Stevenson, both big guys, both physical guys. You could you could certainly ask the guys to. Bl- I, I mean, I don't think you want to waste them ramming their head into linebackers twenty times a game, but. Do you think we could see, you know, an uptick of two back sets with those guys where, huh, who's the blocker, who's the who's the ball carrier? Maybe it puts a little seed of doubt in the defense. I mean, I, I thought they should have been doing that last year, and they didn't. So I guess there's that possibility. I don't buy it. To be honest with you, I just – I thought bringing in Leonard Fournette was stupid in the first place. I thought it was weird because it meant, to me, one of two things. One, the Patriots are just – being the Patriots, or Belichick's just being Belichick, I guess, and bringing in Fournette because it's a name that they have had interest in prior to him being with the Buccaneers. And so it's like, oh, we'll check him out. Or that, like, maybe you're considering trading one of the running backs on your roster because right now, like, the running back room might be your best position group on the team. Like, I don't know why you'd be adding, why you'd even think to add to that when you need so many other things. Like, why, why are we wasting our time bringing in Leonard Fournette for practice? You have Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and James White coming back, who you just re-signed, by the way, all coming back. I don't understand why, why it's necessary to be working out Leonard Fournette when you need cornerbacks like crazy. You need linebackers, like, a, a, an unbelievable amount. And you, I guess, technically don't have a second offensive guard yet unless you plan on playing James Ferentz every day. Or something, or or this Ryan Grant guy, whatever the hell his name is, is actually going to be playing. Like I, I, it makes no sense to me. I don't understand what we're doing. You're angry. I'm I'm furious. It's driving me up a wall. Like I want, I want this team to start to get better. I want to see a some sort of reset, rebuild, whatever the hell you want to call it, beginning. And yet we're signing a bunch of old free agents and bringing in some schmuck like Terrence Mitchell and Ty Montgomery. Oh, by the way, another running back that we added to the roster. Uh, I just it makes no effing sense to me what is what they are doing. None. And, and okay. it may be because they're just smarter than me, and that's that's that's, that's absolutely true. plausible. It's true. I but I don't see it. I don't see the plan. 
Well, you wouldn't because you're dumb. Apparently, that's what I'm told by every texter and Twitch listener out there. So, um, so I, I will say, philosophically, I know Bill has always been for, hey, you can never have too many good football players. If Leonard yeah. Fournette's still out there, we might as well visit with him and see yep. if he has any interest, blah, 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 what the value is. I would also say he caught the ball almost 70 times last year. Catches the ball a lot. He's actually very much so an underrated pass catcher. Correct. And I wonder, they brought back James White, but we spoke with James White via Zoom this week, and he admitted uh, first two to three months he couldn't get out of bed. And over the last couple months, he's gotten back to basically walking. And so I don't just presume a 30-year-old running back coming off a subluxated hip uh, who was in bed, bedridden, a few months ago is going to necessarily be ready for a full load right out of September. Who knows where yeah. that plays out? Well, I think that was why they signed Ty Montgomery, right? That would that's yeah, kind of, When because, was the last time Ty Montgomery was good? Or uh, did he? First of all, never. But okay. he was a former receiver converted into running back, so in yeah. their minds, he could he's probably a pass catching back. And so to so me So should I let the Red Sox know I played second base in high school? I was pretty good. Definitely. Yeah. If absolutely. they need a second baseman, I'm ready. If I mean, Louis on the team, they can call him. Like uh, I, I just I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in the Ty Montgomery um, bandwagon. That I mean, half the guys they've signed, and by the way, I don't think they've actually done anything with Bates yet, Ryan Bates, the RFA guard from the Bills. Um, Bates, they've shown the interest. I don't believe they've signed an offer sheet. If so, okay. I, I missed that. Um, doesn't mean it can't or won't happen, but um, just, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, not that anybody thinks he's the next you know, Logan Mankins or anything, so... I don't know how valuable he'll be. Anyway, um, just uh, so so the whole like Tyra Montgomery. Okay, great. You got a body. Could he be cut? Yes, he certainly yep. could be cut. I, you still have JJ Taylor. I, I don't oh, yeah, know. That's true. I don't know how much you want to you know continue to experiment him. or incorporate him. Um, but I'm just saying, James White. There could be a a slow recovery. You never know. You, you probably need to have some sort. It wouldn't stun me. If they drafted a running back with some pass catching abilities in the the mid to late rounds, yeah, you want to know what this Leonard Fournette uh, situation stinks of. Now mm. that I'm thinking of it, is mm. Belichick likes him, brought yep. him in as leverage, and then that's why he immediately got a contract from the Buccaneers because as soon as anybody started showing interest in him and actually brought him in for a workout, oh, hey, we don't want you to leave. Here's a contract. I mean, it certainly could be, or, you know, it could be Bill sees a guy that has some versatile skills, He and, you know, Damian Harris is gone after this season, Mondre Stevenson, maybe you're not quite sure, is going to be the three-down back that I think he could be, and you're not sure about James White, so he's kind of a, you know, catch-all, duct-tape, flex-seal addition yeah, to the When was the field. last time he brought in, though, a, I, I, I use higher profile very loosely here, running back, what, Corey Dillon? Like, uh, Fred Taylor. Um, okay, but yeah, I, I guess I, I don't know. I, it just it doesn't seem like Belichick style, right? Belichick doesn't necessarily value running back. He thinks he can get the same production out of you know uh, Damian Harris Jackson. or yeah. Stephen Jackson. He brought in. The I skele- guess that's true. Paul Perillo called him the corpse of Stephen Jackson at the time. But, yeah, fair. Also fair. Uh, um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem very Belichick Belichickian to me. If I could get the freaking word out uh, to bring like in. To bring in a hey, hey, get in my belly chicken. To to bring in a running back that's going to make seven million dollars a year when you could draft a guy in the third or fourth round that he feels he can get the same value out of. Oh, I don't think he was ever going to consider him at north of like two million dollars. Gotcha. A year. Okay, that I guess that makes more sense then. 
and you're right. It, it may have just inflated his interest and helped um, him get a payday finally out of the bucks where he's kind of been um, a bigger contributor than his paycheck, I feel like, yep. in the last two years with Tom Brady and company. Um, okay, so the Patriots, the the last name that's really circulating, although you're fixated on Ryan Bates, I know that. Um, Sorry. Malcolm Butler. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> What are we doing? Okay, so first of all, let's uh, immediately put those rumors uh, from the Super Bowl to bed, um, because if that was the case, Malcolm Butler never would have stepped foot anywhere in Foxborough unless it was on the visiting team. Are we sure? Uh, Okay, maybe. I mean, most guys would do anything for a paycheck, so I guess maybe not. Business. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess that doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't. Cool, Malcolm Butler. You send him on his way. It's another Terrence Mitchell. I don't. Can well, we can we get a I'd guy who's actually going to have impact on a game? At least Terrence Mitchell was in the National Football League a year ago. Also true. Yeah, it was. was Malcolm Butler was out with like a uh, on an NFI list, right? He was well, he, not even a non-football injury. It was just. I believe he termed it like a personal issue. Yeah, but he also. Uh, I mean, I've had to listen to Patriots fans for years now tell me he wasn't that good. He was a Belichick creation. Uh, Vrabel's a moron. Titans are suckers. They overpaid him, blah, 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 blah. Are they now going to tell me he's the savior? No. He's coming back to they, become they the number not. one corner? Like, I mean, I- I'm fine with it just as a reporter because it's like a talking point, something you can write about, blog about now in training camp, whatever. Um, and obviously there's value in that he's from the system. Yep. That he and knows it, the it adds system. Depth, I guess. Yeah. I, I just. It but doesn't, it doesn't move the needle at all, right? I don't think he's. I mean, I guess he could be your number one corner, but it says a <laughs> lot about you. With that, like well, what? I mean, they don't really have one right now, so. No, I, I I understand that, but I mean, if you want to all of a sudden make Malcolm Butler your number one corner, I mean, just who chalk, else is in they, the just, running? Just chalk up the season as an L because we're done. Like you, they are. If that's the case, you're goosed and porked and screwed all at the same time. Like top five pick inbound, let's go. Full tank is on. Wow, you're using that T word again. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, if Malcolm Butler, if your plan, a guy as you pointed out, did not play a snap of football last year, if your plan is to have that guy be your number one corner. Entering the 2022 NFL season, chalk it and book it. This team stinks. Well, um, who, who is going to be the number one corner then? Uh, my assumption is someone they draft. I have a feeling that you and I will be very disappointed, uh, as I was last year on draft night, when Jamison <laughs> Williams or Chris Olave or, at this point, Traylon Burks is available at 21, and they draft Trent McDuffie out of Washington, who could be a very good player, but at like the same it. time... Is it won't move the needle quite as much for us? I, I think I think it is very much so. A, it would be a pick of necessity because again, your cornerbacks stink. But then you have a rookie corner who is not Patrick Sertan the second, by the way, uh, being your number one corner overall to start. And he'll the struggle. Season. Yes, he will. I, especially like, I think he... especially when you get geared up against uh, I don't know the the Vegas Raiders and Devontae freaking Adams. Yeah, good luck with that. Or the, the Bengals? <laughs> or the Bengals, yeah. Smart Chase. Yeah, fun covering any of those guys. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, there could be some issues. I actually do like um, McDuffie. I, I, I do, I think too. He, he could be a good player. Yep. If if I were saying, like, dreams, dream scenario, best-case scenario for the Patriots, a guy like McDuffie in the second round, after you took Jamison oh, Williams I mean, in the would, first? That would be. 
Now I'm loving it. Now you're now dream- I'm yes. loving it. Now, now I'm like, okay, Bill but is onto something here. If they pass on Jamison Williams to take McDuffie, I think it's a double negative because you lose out on what could be an elite number one receiver, and I think you're forcing a young cornerback who has some upside into a role and a position situation. he's not ready for. Agreed. He's going to get embarrassed, and then you get to go down the road into like confidence issues, and do you ruin him? Blah blah blah. Um, so I, I think that would be a terrible plan. But um, I'm with you on that. The, even though we're only, it's funny because I said something to Fourier yesterday about, you know, we're only a week into free agency, and he's like, no, it's been like three, and I was like, no, 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 it's it's a week into free agency. It, it just started, and he's like, it feels like forever. Even though it is only a week, the options for actually having a number one cornerback. On the open market, I mean, I guess we can start to look at trade possibilities. Maybe people are reshuffling their roster after some of their moves. But, like, the the, the musical chairs or the, like, who's going to sit in that spot is becoming a legitimate question. Unless you just say, well, we liked Jalen Mills so much as the two last year. We're just going to bump him up. Which... Yeah, but, like, he hasn't proven anything. Like, no. at least J.C. Jackson, when you did that, had showed signs of an ability yep. to be a legitimate number one corner. Yeah, Jalen Mills so. has not shown that. I think Jalen Mills is a great slot corner for a team with a pretty good cornerback depth. I do not think in any way, shape, or form he is going to be a number one corner. I'm sorry. It's just not not going to happen. Okay, I'm going to make this a little bit of a uh, choose-your-own-adventure edition of the Off Day Podcast. You get to Ooh. pick where we go next. I'm going to okay. give you two topics. You decide. Column a, so column the, first, B. All right. the first is a column I wrote about the Patriots being the least interesting team in Boston sports by far uh, this March, this offseason. The second would be, and both of these are a little bit negative and uh, right up your alley, by the oh, way. Oh, yes, they are. The second would be the ongoing um, evolution of the competition in the American <laughs> Football Conference yep. with quarterbacks being added to the mix and maybe pushing the Patriots and Mac Jones in their uh, rankings relatively low in the conference. So what do you want to talk about? Uh, Let's start with the evolving conference, because I actually very much agree with you uh, about your column that the Patriots are the least interesting. So I want to get right to uh, a little more angry uh, Andy and Chris uh, in the evolving conference that is the AFC. Okay, so Deshaun Watson, after initially turning down the Browns, is a Cleveland Brown. Sure is. I think we all assume it may not be for 17 games next year, maybe for like 11 or 10 or somewhere in that range. But he is in Cleveland for the next five years at 230 fully guaranteed million dollars. Yep. And it certainly changes the landscape. I think most would say he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, when he's on the field, you got Amari Cooper there. I was reading today where OBJ says, oh, I'd go back to Cleveland now that <laughs> Deshaun Watson's there. Um, Baker Mayfield won't be there, although technically he still is there. Um, so that's a separate offshoot topic. But I think the Browns now become a team that you have to say is a contender in the AFC, joining the ranks of the Broncos and the Chargers and these other teams that were not playoff teams a year ago. And I think maybe you can say the same. For the Indianapolis Colts, after they traded for Boston College's own Matt Ryan, former MVP, former uh, should-be Super Bowl champion against the Patriots until the bottom fell out. So you have two more franchise quarterbacks in the AFC. So by my count, if you're being generous, Mack is now tied for the 10th best quarterback in the AFC, and the Patriots 
if I'm being generous, are tied for the 12th best team in the AFC. Go ahead. Can I give you a super hot take? That's it, It's not even Why a take that here. I'm fully committed to, but like it's a take that has to be talked about. Have you have you talked about it elsewhere, or is nope, this a this premiere? Is, this is this is a Ooh. premier premier take for you. So you're spitballing it on a podcast before you take it to the uh, prime time airwaves of Morning Talk Drive Radio. A bit, yeah. Okay, let's go. So okay, so the Colts just acquired Matt Ryan, former yep. MVP and uh, quarterback that made it to a Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, for a third round pick, correct? Yep. Okay, yes, sir. Um, so if you had theoretically just drafted someone not named Mac Jones, run it back for another year with Cam Newton, be bad, get a better pick in 2022, then go ahead and trade a third-round pick for Matt Ryan, who is now cheap for you because there's so much dead money on uh, Atlanta's roster. Aren't you getting, like, the same quarterback that you have? Uh, And this one actually won an MVP at one point in your career, and you have far more assets to help your absolutely depleted roster. Um... Yeah, I mean the one thing is he's old. Yeah, sure, but it's a it's a short term. It's a band aid solution. It's a bridge, three years, or, right? Yeah. Like it's but but at the same time you are building something so that when you do then draft a rookie quarterback, the entire roster is locked up and just chock full of talent because then and then you're ready, right? Like I, would Matt Ryan have wanted to come here? I, I mean, I would assume so. You know, a Boston know. College guy. Come no, I mean more Bill like Belichick and the Patriots. To the Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. How good are you? You're picking how high in the draft? Like, fair. I, I think everybody I, I was stunned. Fair, the, but... the Colts didn't make the playoffs. They had an MVP running back. They they should have made the playoffs. They were supposed to make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. And I think he looks at that and says, "Indoor dome, check. Uh, elite running back who I could probably turn and hand it to for about two thousand yards, check. Yep. Ooh, good offensive line." Check. Ooh, good defense. Check. See, Ooh, this is why quarterback I friendly coach. Shake. Check. I think the Colts would have been a much more uh, palatable landing spot for Matt Ryan than your Patriots. For sure, I, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's why you know workshop and a hot take. That's all. Um, <laughs> but no, but I, I think Do you get it, this kind of pushback on the morning show when you workshop things. Uh, I don't workshop things on the morning show. I just either I come right out with it or uh, I don't use it. Plus the. People who would push back aren't as smart as me, so they wouldn't have as many arguments. <laughs> aren't as knowledgeable as Andy nope. Hart. Um, so, but no, do you so think I, I just, you think the Colts are better than the Patriots with Matt Ryan? Correct? Oh yeah, hell yeah! I thought they were better before Matt Ryan. You could put Sam Ellinger a quarterback. I still would have taken the Colts over the Patriots. Okay, relax. I just, a little I mean, bit. outside of the quarterback position, literally every other position on the field was just about better than the Patriots, except maybe pass rusher. I don't love the Jeez. Indianapolis pass rushers. I love DeForest Buckner, but he's more of an interior guy. But Regardless of that, um, like I, the, the Colts are better than you. Absolutely, they're better than you. Uh, now with Matt Ryan, I I think Michael Pittman's a bit overrated. I like him. I don't yes. love him. Uh, I think he's be- he's a number two, not a legitimate number one. But the Colts are sold that he's like a number one guy. So good for them. Uh, I, but I do think they're better than you because they showed you last year exactly what they're going to do. They're going to come in with a beefy offensive line and an MVP caliber running back, and they are going to run it down your gosh dang throat, and you can't do anything to stop it. And let me tell you, Patriots fans, you haven't added anything to stop it at this point either. So it would just be rinse and repeat for the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan probably only has to throw the ball 
five to ten times, similar to what Carson Wentz did, similar to Mac Jones in that crazy wind game because he just doesn't matter. So all he has to do is not turn the football over, and I trust a guy like Matt Ryan to not turn the football over far more than someone like Carson Wentz. So I, I think that I, I think the Colts are absolutely better. I don't think talent-wise Matt Ryan is like exponentially better than Carson Wentz as of right this second because, like you said, Matt Ryan aging. But I think as a team, I think he fits the Colts better than what Carson Wentz did because I trust him a little bit more, and I think the veteran thing helps. Veteran thing helps, and, I, and I'm interested to see, you know, Frank Reich and, and Darius Leonard pointed this out. What is this, uh, six straight years he's had a different opening day starting quarterback. Um, you know, they went the Phillip Rivers route, obviously Wentz last year. Reich they dealt with the Andrew Luck debacle, um, the Jacoby Brissett era. Like, there's a lot going on there. Matt Ryan should bring stability for the next few years yeah I would say two or three years at least now that puts the focus on the coach and the rest of the team like okay you guys need to live up to a little bit like Cleveland you know Cleveland has always been seen as talented roster you should be competing for playoff runs and high-end you know competition now it's on those guys because I don't think Matt Ryan will screw it up I don't think they're gonna have a great passing game because as you said I don't think they have great weapons in the passing game. Maybe they'll make a move. Maybe they'll add something. Maybe they're not done. Um, but, yeah, could Pittman is fine. Yeah, they could draft a guy. Certainly could draft a guy now to add a weapon uh, in that area and, and le- go that direction. But I just think with where they came from a year ago and what they've added, it's, again, another team that you're looking up at in the division in the uh, conference so. as you compete for potential – I mean, wild card spot, if we're being honest, because, I mean, unless Josh Allen gets hurt, I, I think it would be one of the great upsets if you were able to to win the division. So you're, you're competing with these other wild card teams that are all getting better. Um, the Deshaun Watson thing, I, I do find it interesting that, A, he may not play the full season. B, you had to give up three first-round picks to get him. And we'll see how that all comes together. I'm also not the biggest Kevin Stefanski fan. Um, I'm interested to see how that comes together uh, with his offense and Deshaun and the running game. Um, I know they added Cooper, but they've kind of turned it over at wide receiver the last couple years with with the OBJ release and then the Jarvis Landry release. I think Njoku stinks. I don't know why they franchised him. Um, So I, I still think... It's not a layup that the Browns are an elite team. I don't think they're as complete as people want to make them out to be uh, at times, especially now that they've turned over the receiver position and won't be adding first-round picks. But the Rams have proven you don't need first-round picks to go to and win the Super Bowl. The Rams have done it for, what, six years now, seven years now, eight years? I don't even know. It goes back forever. To Isn't Aaron Donald their last first-round pick? Um, So I'll be interested to see how that works out. but it certainly changes the landscape in the conference to have him back on the field and competing with him. And and then I look at Mac Jones, and it's just like, I almost feel bad for him. It's almost laughable at this point, <laughs> the number of MVP candidates, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, elite of all elites that he has in front of him, right? Like he, It's like he could be really good, even though he doesn't have a number one option and he doesn't have a coach. And you'll just never know. Yeah, because he's going to be like I, I drowned out by better talent. Like, yeah, it's not I, even that he'd be bad. It's just that you just kind of fall by the wayside. Right. Like, I don't think there's any shame in me saying he's tied for the 10th best quarterback in the AFC. The guys ahead of him are all 
elite players, former Super Bowl winners. Yeah, I mean, MVP. you're talking about Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, uh, uh, Matt Russell Ryan, Wilson. Russell Wilson, uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Derek I think, Carr, like, Justin Herbert. Yeah, like it's just, and then and then you're still and then you still have to consider Ryan Tannehill. That's who I have him tied with, by the way. Right with the Tannehill. Yep. You, tied you, for you don't think Mitch Trubisky should be up there? No, uh, <laughs> but I don't rule it out. Okay. I don't rule Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I I think I said this to you on the last podcast. Would it shock you if the Steelers all of a sudden are a ten plus win team with Mitch Trubisky? No, no, because I think he has good weapons, stability in coaching. Yes, um, a good defense, a good running back, like. I don't rule out Mitchell Trubisky at least looking better. Yes. He may not be better, but no. looking better. Um, and Ma- than we'll find out Matt. how much Matt Nagy stinks because if Trubisky plays great, maybe it, maybe Matt Nagy is more of a current day Adam Gase and he just stunk. Yeah, like yeah it's, and it's it's a it's a valid question I think at this point. And I don't rule out like Trevor Lawrence having a big year too. Yes, jump. exactly. After it's- the circus, anybody that read the athletic story this week on Urban Meyer and the circus was the Jaguars, and all the things he was doing behind the scenes and ripping coaches and threatening people and reportedly not knowing who, quote, number 99 on the Rams was. I've heard he's going to give us problems. Um, Like, that debacle that he lived in, I don't think Doug Peterson's the greatest coach ever, but I think he knows who number 99 on the Rams is. And I think he's not being uh, so disrespectful in, like, the first meeting with people that they – tune him out and move on. Heck, he's known for giving guys ice cream. He's like a and that little just, league coach. This could just all be tough for Mac Jones because at that point, the only quarterbacks you are outright better than are Davis Mills and Zach Wilson. And Davis Mills, to his credit, showed some stuff on a really crappy Houston team. It right. wasn't great, but he wasn't awful. Uh, and then Tua, right? But with Tua, he has a new coach who's much more offensive-minded than Brian Flores was, and they have signed a bunch of free agents which yep. should help. And Jalen Waddle is another year better. Oh, and right. by the way, today or last night, they just signed Teron Armstead, a legitimate left tackle stud to a massive contract. So uh, now he's not going to be have the 30th or 31st worst offensive lines in football. Right. So I, I just, at some point, I, I think of Mac Jones, who, by the way, has reportedly been working out with Jarrett Stidham and E.J. Perry, the oh, yeah. uh, Brown quarterback who's entering the NFL draft. Oh, the draft. Uh, guy Matt Hasselbeck has been uh, mentoring. That yes. Guy? Yeah. Yep. So he's been working out with uh, Mac Jones, apparently, and that's great and all. And, you know, we've had these reports that Mac is going to teach Joe Judge the offense and all these things. I just <laughs> – it's to the point where I'm starting to feel bad for Mac Jones. Like, he went I almost from... do, too. I would be completely honest with you. I don't, I don't love Mac as a quarterback, but I, I do feel bad for him because if this is what he has to deal with starting the season, like – I put all of the blame, no matter what he does during the season, I put all of the blame squarely on Belichick's shoulders. And I would also argue that for your purposes of of someday hoping to take an I told you so victory lap, that Mac's not that good, this is always going to like muddy the water. Yeah, there can never the be a possible Ryan Tannehill door for Mac Jones if I want to be able to take a victory lap. There can't be that. And if you keep rolling out the same roster that you have currently right now for the next couple seasons, then, I mean, there absolutely could be that, that renaissance for him because he's not getting any help. Right. Um, so the other one, the yes. and I took some pushback from some, but the polling told me I was dead on with the idea that the Patriots are the least interested team, interesting team at this point uh, in the process in March. And one of the pushbacks I got was obvious, even though I acknowledged, you know, the NFL is always king. Yeah, it's always going to be sure. king. Um, was, oh, it's March. Jeez, what'd you think? Well, 
I feel like the the Raiders are interesting, the Chargers are interesting, and the Jaguars. Oh, and Broncos I, are interesting. I feel like the Patriots a year ago were very interesting. People yep. were all fired up about the Patriots. So it's not just a March thing. It's a the three other teams in town are either competing for a title or making massive moves like Trevor Story or a big Bruins trade. Campus Lindholm. I'm glad you said the name because I couldn't think of it. Campus the um, Hamper. So, and the Patriots are, are doing nothing. And even, even some of the most loyal fans that I see on Twitter and on social media the are really pulpit, guys you can call them out it's fine <laughs> yeah, they're struggling a little bit a they're, little they're, bit they're like questioning and i know the shack mason trade really set some people That's off they're tough. still like i cannot explain the shack mason trade it makes and, no sense and so the the reality is like 60 percent of the voters who agreed with me they're just not that interesting and if you are if they are interesting which like tom curran tried to say well i think they're interesting mm-hmm. it's it's train wreck interesting you're like how is this going to work? They have no talent. They have no coaches. It's like, I don't want to look at the accident as I drive by because I don't want to see a dead person, but eh, I can't help. I'm going to look at the accident as I drive by. It's interesting because for the first time in 25 years, the Patriots might actually be god-awful. And, and like you might be witnessing a legitimate tank year. Like That's the only, the only interesting possible aspect to this uh, for the Patriots. And normally, I, I would say the Red Sox are the least interesting right around now. Because it's like nobody really cares about the right. beginning of baseball season. But because of the lockout, that actually helped baseball because it pushed everything back. <clears throat> then all of a sudden baseball's back. People are ecstatic. And then because baseball comes back, now you can have the flurry of free agency that you didn't have the last couple months. And so the Red Sox signed Trevor Story when spring training has already begun. And so that's a massive story for them. And now a team that was in the AL championship last year all of a sudden becomes very interesting again. And then the Bruins make a major move and are pushing for a Stanley Cup in the end of the Bergeron era. And the Celtics might be the best team in the Eastern Conference right now in the NBA. So, like, it is, without question in my mind, the Patriots are the least interesting team. Yeah, I, 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 and I think most people agree. I think the people that don't are just kind of being stubborn. They're blinded like... by it. They're the Belichick truthers that are like, nah. I love football. Belichick's going to figure it out. He's going to go sign like Patrick Peterson and Joe Hayden and Chris Harris. We're going to have a renaissance cornerback for these 30-year-old guys, and we're going to be back in the playoffs next year. Don't you worry. Ten-win minimum. Those are those guys. I'm a Belichick guy. Like, I defend Bill. I think Bill makes a lot of good decisions. I think Bill is good at his job, better than some people who really wanted to run him out of town. Oh, he can't draft anymore like Tang with you. Take away his drafting keys. I'm with but you. I, I think Belichick is, is good is. too, but like, dude, this year has not been good for that no. for those people. Like, it now, just has not. I'll continue to sell myself. The one thing that I like is, and I told you this from the first podcast we did together, I think it's a two-year plan. I think you, you yep. need two off-seasons to get back to competitive respectability in the AFC. And they're going to have a lot of cap space next year. If they draft well this year, have cap space next year, draft well again next April, and you have basically, I won't say three free agent classes because this year's isn't really a free agent class, but two and a half free agent classes and a couple really solid drafts, you have the chance to turn this around. Yeah, you're cooking with gas. The perception, yes. And I actually, that's why when Mutt one night asked me uh, panic versus patience on the Patriots offseason, Patience. I like the patience, and and I think Belichick is the guy to take these slings and arrows, as they say, because of his cachet and his credibility. But 
getting to next year, getting to the the end of the tunnel, the light, may be difficult over the next uh, 12 to 15 months till you get to uh, September a year from now where you have hope heading into a season. Um, Along those lines, one of the uh, more interesting aspects of the Patriots offseason that hasn't been that interesting, as we just discussed, is their, um, what am I going to call him? Their social media general manager, Matthew Judon, (laughs) who has been recruiting his ass off. uh, Every free agent, big names, all, you know, joking about giving away money and different things, um, is cute and all. Yeah, that's not good for your team. Like, that is a clear indicator to me that you can't get anyone to play here without paying them out the uh, the wazoo. That. If I'm Bill Belichick, I think I'd be giving Judon a call and being like, um, can we can F you, off? Yeah, can you stop? You're, you're kind of mocking me. You're yes. kind of mocking what I'm actually doing in the 100%. offseason. You're kind of making it look like no one will come here, and I'm not doing anything. And you're I kind brought of embarrassing you here. the franchise. Yeah, kind of. It, like, it's funny from afar, but if you really think about it, it's not funny. And it would bother me. Now, you know what I was thinking in my head? If Bill texts him, Slater will be like, what do you mean? I haven't, I'm not even on social Oh, you sent this to the wrong Matthew coach. <laughs> you had that problem. You meant Judon. I've heard he's recruiting. Um, but I, I do think there's a little, um, there's like a negative tone to it in a way. And even people are like, yeah, it's funny. No one wants to play for the Patriots, but the guy who chose the Patriots last year. Uh, no, no. He actually said he didn't choose the Patriots. They, they chose, chose him because of the money. And it's, it's on it's the record. A hundred percent. And to Volan's credit, he was right. He responded to the Judon tweet. And he goes, Nobody wants to play for the Patriots, question mark. And Judon had to be like, hush up, I'm working here. Right. It's because nobody wants to play here. It it is the NBA super team mentality that has now kind of worked its way into the NFL where a lot of guys are okay with – because they still get paid so unbelievably well. They're okay with taking a couple million dollars less and playing with Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes or any of these guys or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson because they're freaking studs. Nobody is doing that for Mac Jones. I'm sorry. Like As much as people may love him and he may end up being a good quarterback, right now, nobody is doing that for Mac Jones. So in order to get those top-end free agents, you have to pay, which is completely against Belichick's, like, Code of conduct his entire career as a GM. He goes bargain bin shopping, and then his quarterback covers up all his flaws. Well, he doesn't have that anymore. And That's last, why last year he had to pay top dollar right. to he get overpaid. everybody. And he overpaid. And, Very much so. And he know, didn't want to do that again this year because he, he co- knows to compete he's going to have to do it next year when right. that cap and he, explodes. And he really couldn't this year. He would have had to do some uh, long-term alteration some of magic. his salary cap, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have made sense. Um, New Orleans this is, Saints magic. This is another reset year. Like to some degree on the salary cap, and Which then next year. Which is why year... I said that like weeks ago. And, well, you and... said tank. You, you no, you, no, 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 no. You said I tank, and that got people in the you, wrong direction. I specifically said to you, Wiggy used the word tank. I said reset in my original take. I said I believe this is a reset year for the Patriots because they are losing a bunch of free agents. They need to reaccrue talent. They have no idea what they have in their offensive coaching staff. They need to figure that out because if it's not working, you go get Bill O'Brien. Yada yada yada. I'm not going to give that whole take again. It's fine, yeah. uh, but it is it is absolutely a reset year so that you can set yourself up to start competing again in 2023. That's that is the ultimate goal is to be competitive again for a long period of time. And in order to do that, you have to establish certain positions 
for a, for a long period of time. And then you can maximize Mac Jones's the end of his rookie contract, just like the Chargers are doing with Justin Herbert. Yeah, and I think the biggest issue is the one you just touched on, that there's two ways people decide where they're going, money or opportunity to win, and right now you don't measure up in either case. Correct. You're, you're not, we talked about it, there may be 12, 13 teams ahead of you in the AFC, never mind the NFC, um, to win a Super Bowl. You, you don't measure up there, and you're not going to get the biggest money. A year ago you did, and that's why you have Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith and Matthew Judon. You overpaid for those guys, um, and that may come again next year as you continue to rebuild, but that's just the reality, and I mentioned it to to Lou, you know, and Christian yesterday. Like they were saying, you know, is there maybe there's a guy that just wants to play for Bill? I don't, I, I don't really see that. Neither like, if you are at that point in your career where it's like the last year or two, and you're kind of just hanging on, a you want to win. Yep. But B, do you want to go to a place that like drove Reggie Wayne out of town in like a week? That like that it's hard to play. And Made Bill Chad Ochoa look like right. a buffoon hard place to play do i really want to do that to like eh, that's my kind of my golden parachute i'm just hanging on for a year or two so especially an offensive guy who comes to his team and it's just or like a wide receiver in particular which is why i think it's so hard for them to get one because like they don't they want to run the football they're not a pass heavy team it's not patrick mahomes flicking his wrist and the ball goes 70 yards down the field while you're sprinting underneath it like that's just not how it works here okay so two things before we wrap up this latest edition of the off day podcast one Give me. I'm going to give you one move. You give me one move that at least would be a step in the right direction moving forward for the Patriots. Not the draft. Something maybe either a trade or a free agent that's still available. Mine is Trey Flowers. I th- we've talked about it. It just makes too much sense. I think he makes your defensive line better. Knows the system. Owes Matty P a favor. So the contract make it happen. I think signing of Trey Flowers would be an actual move that I think would make you better. Yeah, I think a guy like Patrick Peterson would at least make you better, right? Like a guy who's been a legitimate number one corner. Um, I, I don't think it fixes all your problems, but it's at least a step in the right direction because it's a guy who's been in that spot. Has he lost a step because he's now 30-31? Yeah, he has. But he's been in that position. He at least solidifies the cornerback room a little bit more. Like it's not, it's not. You're not going to find a fix-all at this point in the market, but you need corner. You need a legitimate guy at corner. You can't just have the these nobodies playing corner for you. You can't do it, especially in today's NFL where there are stud receivers everywhere. And then as we always do to wrap up the uh, new era of the Off Day podcast, the first month or two, getting to know Chris Scheim. Woo. We've done where'd you go to high school, a little bit of resume stuff. We talked some sports. We talked about where you see yourself. Uh, what is Chris Scheim's future in terms of, and we did mention you are living in sin. Um, you have a longtime <laughs> girlfriend, future fiance. What's, uh, what's the future for family plans? Is Chris Scheim like, oh, I want to have like five kids or is he like, I want to have two boys and coach them for the rest of my life. Like what's your, uh, future in that area? Uh, I think it's kind of up in the air at the moment. I think, uh, <laughs> my, my girlfriend and I are kind of still just taking it day by day. Like it's not. You know, we're, we're we again. We haven't even gotten married yet. Uh, we are very happy with our dog. His name is Henry. He's the best dog in the world. Uh, Could you not have kids? I, I guess there's always that possibility. Um, wow, there's a lot of vagary in this answer. It's not. It's not really a like. I don't You're know. You're living with a girl. You haven't like. You guys haven't dabbled in this area. No, we've well. talked about it, but we're not like neither one of us, especially right now at this point in our lives. We're both thirty. Like we're not. Clock's ticking for her. I know, but I, hey, yeah, tick, I know tick, plenty. Tick, tick, Chris tick. Curtis is having his first child. He's in his late 30s. Rich Keefe didn't have one until his mid-30s. Like, I don't know. It's, it, it's not You don't want to be a young, cool dad? 
Uh, that's great. And uh, like a lot of my friends, two of my best friends in the entire world, legitimately my two best friends, both now have children. They each have a daughter. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I am fully prepared for that. <laughs> so at least right now, and I know my girlfriend feels very much the same way. We are we're cool with what we're doing. Maybe we'll get a second dog in the next year or so. But as of right now, no no children in the uh, in the immediate future. Okay, so what kind of dog do you have? Uh, he's a Boston Terrier. Okay, what he would is. the second dog be? Uh, I don't know. We we have we we're not like. Just like pinned to Boston Terrier, we're open to other breeds, uh, but it probably won't be anything like a big. Like we definitely won't get like a Great Dane or anything like that. Uh, even like a like a Golden Retriever might be on the big side. We like our dogs a little little smaller, uh, yeah. easy little. easy to navigate or easy to take with you places and stuff like that. And but uh, but yeah, no, we love I love Henry. He's the best dog in the world. So. Henry, yes. Do you call him Hank? Uh, no, we so <laughs> uh, my girlfriend's father calls him Hank. We call him. I would. I would definitely call him Hank. Uh, yeah, I call him, uh, half the time I call him Ben instead of Henry. I don't know why. I just do. Um, and Poor dog. He's getting three names thrown at him. No, it, well, his his actual given name is technically Henrold. Henrold? Um, Henrold. Like, what the hell does that mean? Harold, but Henrold. Who gave him that? Uh, my girlfriend. Why? I, Unless I, she has, like, is it like her two grandfathers were Henry and Harold and she blended it? or No, it's just Henrold. And they what call the, him Henry. Did she make it up? Is it a real name? No, it's completely made up. Hey, what are we doing here? It's great. Uh, by the way, would you like some breaking news? It's very hard to do this, but I'm going to throw this podcast up right away because we have some breaking news. Okay, what do you got? Adam Schefter, Jets and Dolphins in serious talks to trade Chiefs Tyreek Hill per league sources. The Jets and Dolphins could trade for Tyreek Hill? The Jets and Dolphins, yes, are in serious talks to trade for Tyreek Hill. I. Why are the Chiefs trading Tyreek Hill? That is my question exactly. Why on earth? Uh, I'm sure this is real. Hill and Chiefs are mulling what to do, but Hill's time in Kansas City looks like it could be coming to an end. Per Adam Schefter, there's the check mark. I see it. I am not. I am not kidding you. And why are the Patriots not involved? Mac Jones said at the Pro Bowl he likes throwing to Tyreek Hill. It was fun. Yeah, well, because Patriots probably don't want to give up the capital for him. But uh, that. that... <laughs> By the way. <laughs> Another team in their division is potentially going to get Tyreek Hill. So here is here is here is why. Uh, per per Schefter, uh, Jets and Dolphins are the two teams now vying for Hill, who is expected to receive a massive contract extension from the team that trades for him. So theoretically, this is a cap thing for the Chiefs. Um, now you're going to get all the douchey Patriots fans. See, you paid Mahomes. Now you can't keep your weapons. Uh, Dolphins assistant GM Marvin Allen was the Chiefs director of college scouting for five years when Kansas City drafted Tyreek Hill. If and when the Chiefs trade Tyreek Hill, that would leave them with Juju, Miko Hardman, Josh Gordon, Justin Watson, Cornell Powell, Dieter Gehrig, and Corey Coleman. Wow. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. That's that's really interesting. I would say more interesting in some ways for the AFC West. That is so locked and loaded. Yeah, now? I, I don't know why you'd get rid of him. Yeah, that's... Uh, and, I mean, the Saints are proving you can make cap space out of thin air yeah. because yeah. you just convert guys' salaries into signing bonuses. You pay oh, them yeah. right away up front, and you boom, the there's, eight down million, the road. there's $8 million on your cap that you can get back. And wow. so, to me, and I, I don't like Tyreek Hill. I think he's kind of a an asshole of a person. Oh, Excuse whoa, my whoa. language. Um, but as a football player... He might be the most dynamic player in all of football. 
He is. He's like, the most dangerous player in football. He's, yeah, he's the biggest threat at receiver in football, or just he, a weapon in football. He's the guy that um, got the most reaction I can really remember from like defensive backs, McCordy and those guys yeah. talking about playing him the first time. You watch it on the film. Speed you is. see it on film. You see the players he does it against, and it still catches you off guard when you're actually on the field with him, how quick and fast he is, how how he's just gone. And Wait, Can you imagine Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle on the same team? More importantly, can you imagine the Patriots dealing with him twice a year when they don't have a cornerback? Oh, my God. I don't. I, this, this is um, this Patriots is amazing. Are, this yeah, is this, really interesting. And the on, Jets on, in the discussion now, too? Like, this is, this is unbelievable. Well, if Zach Wilson is who he's supposed to be, this extend plays kind of creative— is the best player you could possibly Best give possible him. fit yep. is those two players. Now the play broke broke down. He rolls out, and he looks backside, throws across his body, and there's Tyreek Hill running down the field. Like I also that, think for Tua, like it's, it becomes immediately becomes make or break for the Dolphins because it's like, all right, this is how we determine it. We now gave Tua Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill— Two yep. of the best weapons we could have possibly Gusecki. given him at this point. And Mike Gusecki's still on the roster, by the way. And, and a they left brought tackle. In, and they brought in, what, Chase Edmonds at running back? Or did they yep. bring in James Conner? Chase, Ed- Chase Edmonds. No, Chase Edmonds. Yeah. And, and they gave him a, a legit left tackle. Yep, you have a legit offensive line now. If you can't get it done, like, how are you? It, like, it's goodbye to Let's move on. Wow, it's so funny. The NFL keeps just, like, kicking the other wow. sports in the nuts with trades and massive moves. I can't that believe this is real. Talking points. You, like, okay, last thing before we get out of here, because we're, we're running long now. Yeah, we're just rolling, uh, but I agree with you. This was worth adding to the podcast yes. at the end. Does, it, does he actually get moved uh, before the draft? I feel like yes. I feel like that I feel like Schechter, out. Rappaport, Pelissero don't report this if he's not actually going to get moved. Right, if it's just like rumors and like early Like people calling, work. because people call all the time. Right. No, I, I, think, I think this is likely probably quickly i feel Holy like smokes. these things come out of nowhere and then all of a sudden it's like oh my god he actually got traded he's gone this is another example though of the discussion i've been having with my son you just can't buy jerseys anymore nope you just can't buy jerseys unless you and get the jersey you'll, you'll thank yourself later when it's only you know 20 or 30 bucks that go to waste instead of 120 buck 40 or yeah, yeah whatever exactly. you spend and and i will say i don't I don't like I'm not this is not a promotion or an ad. This is a father speaking who has dealt with this a lot lately, uh, most recently with the Devontae Adams jersey that my son got like in January. <laughs> um, if you're going to buy a jersey, it's almost imperative now that you buy it through NFL shop or fanatics where they have the actual jersey insurance thing yeah. where you can trade it back in later for X number of days if the guy leaves. And because it's getting it, it's ridiculous. Like, yep. Franchise quarterbacks, franchise receivers just moving around like willy-nilly. Yeah, it doesn't make kind any sense. Kind of sucks. Now I oh, see why man. Bill doesn't collect any of those types of players. You don't have to worry about losing franchise players if you don't have any. And I know I said last thing, but last thing for Jesus. me. just I need to get this thought out because Babylon it's going to bug me. Yeah, it's going to bug me if I don't. Wouldn't it make more sense to move Travis Kelsey than it does to make, move Tyreek Hill? Wouldn't, wouldn't you move on from T- Travis Kelsey, who's yes. getting older, then move on from the most dynamic player in football? No, Travis Kelsey's flat out old. That's okay, what, uh, I just wanted Fitzy to make sure I wasn't him. going crazy. We no, can, Fitzy we can... called him old. Yeah, washed right. up, old, washed up. Travis Fitzy Kelsey. Fitzy also which said was the wrong. Patriots have better uh, weapons than them, so let's. They can get rid of Hill, and they still won't. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You can get rid of the best weapon, and the Patriots still won't have better weapons well, than the Juju's Kansas City back Chiefs. to being a number one receiver. 
Is he? Or is he going to just slot into the number one receiver? Because I think that well, Pringle guy sneaky stinks. He's <laughs> oh, dangerous. He he's, yeah. I'm always seeing drops and deflections. and You'll find he, out exactly what Miko Hardman is now, though. That's for sure. Wow. This is uh, So you heard it first, and you heard it, well, you heard it first from Adam Schefter, but we pirated it and puppeted it rather quickly. Uh, Tyreek Hill could be joining the fun in the AFC East with the Ooh. Jets and Dolphins interested. Um, another just earth-shattering potential transaction in the American Football Conference uh, none of them coming from the Patriots or Foxborough. But we talked about it all. There was a negative tone. I'm sorry. It's been a negative offseason. My bad. There is a, a positive. If you want to go to weei.com, I wrote about James White returning from, you know, being bedridden, basically. Great story. Great guy. You know that. You used to deal with him for the midday show yep. on WEEI. You want somebody to root for and a good story to root for. Excellent guy. James White is that guy. And you could argue he's one of their top two or three pass catchers if he gets back on the field and healthy and could actually help Mac Jones maybe uh, at least try to stay afloat in the AFC. But that's the latest edition of the Off Day podcast. Subscribe on Twitter. I mean, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Download the Odyssey app. That's the easiest place. You can get it at weei.com. Wherever you want podcasts, go find us, please. We appreciate you listening. Tell a friend. Pass along the word that Shime has brought us into a new era. And he's not going to have kids. We learned that today, potentially. Uh, I'm Andy Hart. He's Chris Scheim. And that is another Off Day podcast in the books. See ya. You've been listening to the Off Day podcast with Andy Hart and Chris Scheim on WEEI.com and the Odyssey app.